Before we get into today's show, I just want to take a minute to say thank you. It's because of loyal listeners like you that we're able to equip and empower leaders at work and at home to stop drowning in the waves of their circumstances and instead build their life and leadership on the rocks, the essential rocks. And would you do me a favor? If you're really enjoying the show, would you mind to rate the show on whatever platform it is that you watch or listen to us? We hope we've earned five stars in your book, and that rating will help us to continue serving those in leadership. And also, feel free to share it with your friends, your family, your coworkers, or anybody else who wants to grow in their leadership. Thank you so much. Now on to the show. But another habit we have to develop as a coaching leader is giving consistent feedback. I mean, think about it. You talked about sports coaches, right? You would never see the coach of your favorite football team wait until three weeks later after the game to say, hey, you know the third play of the second quarter when you missed the tackle? Here's what I think happened. You'd never see that happen. Like... So true. (laughs) It doesn't even make sense, right? And yet we do that in leadership all the time. This is the Leadership on the Rocks podcast, where we equip and empower leaders like you to thrive in and create harmony between your professional and personal lives. I'm your host, Bethany Reese. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking with Julie Pierce about the importance of taking a coach approach with leadership. Julie Pierce coaches Christian executives to have clarity and confidence. She does this through one-on-one coaching, consulting with teams, and communicating with groups. She leads up the team of coaches for the Foresight Group. That's a team focused on helping every leader have a thriving team culture. Her passion for helping leaders lead in a healthy, sustainable way comes from coming back from her own season of pastoral burnout. She lives in the Dallas area, has been married for over 25 years, and has two teenage sons. And two canine co-workers to, to keep it on our toes. So we are so glad and welcome to the podcast, Julie. We're so glad to have you. Bethany, what an honor. Thank you so much for the invitation. I'm excited to be with you today. Oh man, I am excited for this episode. You are the ultimate coaching champion for leaders. And I love that about you. <laughs> you know, most of us know what a coach is when it comes to sports, but you know, we're kind of missing the ball when it comes to coaching and leadership. So can you just start it off, start us off with a definition? You know, can you define for us, what do you mean by a coach approach when it comes to leadership? Yeah, I love that question because really a leader who takes a coach approach, they're choosing not to take a management approach, right? So management is when you're just like you're just coordinating stuff, you're coordinating systems, you're coordinating things, right? But leadership is different. Mm -hmm. And a coaching leader is someone who is all about bringing out the best in their team. In fact, a coaching leader would say, it's not about me. It's about the team. A coaching leader is always saying, hey, it's not about me and my agenda and all the things that I want people to know about me. A coaching leader is saying, hey, I see that potential in you and I want to help you get there. I see what we could accomplish together. Let's go for it. A coaching leader always is saying, hey, it's not about me. It's about the team. And they are about bringing out the best and the people they lead. Isn't that so true? Because, you know, I think, and I played sports in high school, but 
the the older we get, the better we were. You know, yes. we tell those stories. That is so true. I was really um, amazing at basketball yes. in high school. And but here's the deal: whenever you step into that coaching role, you're really no longer on the field doing the thing that's going to win the championship. You're trying yes. to rally the players and bring out the best in them. Yes. So in my mind, like this just hits home for me so much of when you step into leadership, you have got to die to self. Like you said, it's not about me. <laughs> it's about everybody else. I love that. Um, you know, and like a coach, you know, on a field or a court, you, you got to know what's going on in the game though, right? We don't want you to be ignorant. You know, number one, you better know your sport. So you better have some skill sets there. So grow yourself. But I love watching you on Instagram. You produce reels. And guys, side note, if you don't follow Julie, go to Instagram right now. Follow her, Julie Leadership, uh, Julie Pierce Leadership. It'll be in the show notes as well. But her reels really make you think and they will grow you as a leader. And one of those reels was talking about, hey, I want you to think about two questions. What is something that you need to stop? Like you've been pushing it really hard, but you need to stop. And the other one is, What's something that you really need to lean into and fight for? And I think those two questions are so, so good because as a coach, you got to know what's going on and then you got to know what play to call. And I think that's where a lot of people get stuck is, I don't know what to do. (laughs) So what kind of advice can you give leaders for them to grow stronger in reading a situation with people? If I know it's not about me and I'm watching everybody else and I'm watching things play out, how do I read a situation to step into that coaching role? Yes. I love that. So I think one of the key, so I think there's a couple of habits that we all have to just adapt as leaders in order to take a coach approach in our leadership. And one of them is asking those powerful questions because what a powerful question does is for the person who is answering it is it really allows us to take that situation that obstacle, that opportunity, that decision, that thing that has just been in front of us that we've been staring down like this. And it helps them just turn it around and see it from a different perspective. Right. Mm -hmm. And so if we will pause as leaders, step back, reflect, pick up, you know, pick up our heads and notice it will help us get that vantage point that you're talking about what's going on on the field. Mm-hmm. I remember, so I played basketball in high school and I was the center on the team, which means I was down in the rebound action a lot. I also fouled out a lot. That was my situation. Yes. And I like that intensity about you. That's awesome. Yeah. And you know, <laughs> where I wanted to sit when I was coming out of the game was at the very end of the bench, as far away from my coach as possible. But every time as I'm taking that walk of shame off the court to the bench, she always would push everybody else down and make a seat right next to her. And now looking back, I see what she was doing. She would just ask me question, question, question the whole rest of the game. Hey, what happened in that play? Hey, what's going on with her? Hey, what's going on inside of her head? Hey, what does she need to do instead next time when that same thing happens? She just helped me lift my head and she just asked question after question after question. And questions, powerful questions, give us perspective. In fact, you know, just regular questions, they give me information as the leader, but a powerful question gives the other person perspective. And so I learned from my coach back then, 
how to just, hey, look at the whole court, look what's going on, look what's going on individually with mm -hmm. the contributors and how can I bring out the best? She was constantly asking me questions about how I could bring out the best and the other people on my team. So she really modeled that, Coach Sims, she really modeled that for me way back in the day that has proven true in my leadership now for how mm -hmm. I want to take a coach approach. So that's that's one of the habits we have to instill and develop is asking those powerful questions. I love it. Can you can you give us an example? Because you said there's a difference in powerful questions and regular questions, right? Uh, just a normal question is going to be for information. Powerful is going to make them reflect. So can you give us an example of, you know, a situation where you would ask a, a regular question and then how you would differentiate that to ask a more powerful question? Yeah. You know, when here's a classic scenario, right? Someone on our team comes to us and asks us, Hey, uh, what should I do with this? Like, what, sh what should we do that? We've got to make a decision by the end of the day. What should we do? Mm -hmm. And I might ask a question like, okay, well, what time, like, what time do we have to have that? And I might ask for some kind of information, like what time do we have to have that decision made by? Well, do we have, you know, this piece and this piece and this piece, right? That mm -hmm. would give me information to then go and make that decision for them, right? That's a regular question, but a powerful question would be, well, what do you think? What do you think we should do? Yeah. Tell me, what do you see? Ooh, what, what might be missing? What other information might we need? Hey, where have we done something like this before? Right? All of those are powerful questions that bring fresh perspective mm -hmm. and that keep me from becoming just the advice. Let me decide it for you person yes. and actually empowers the person and brings out the best in them. And I love that, you know, empowering, you're, you're calling out people like, Hey, I value your opinion. Number one, I yes. see you. I notice you, you add yes. value. <laughs> but two, you're empowering them to say, you're the one closest to the project. Yes. And so I heard, I read one time that leaders are the ones as people work, right? Let's pretend they're chopping trees in a forest. The leader will climb the tree and say, Hey, we're in the wrong forest or let's go this way. So they have that bigger, broader perspective. But when it comes to the actual tasks, they're not the ones closest to it. And yet so often they bulldoze where we're headed and they make those decisions. So I love that you've clarified that. Thank you. So guys, see how easy that is with that example. Instead of asking for information, ask their opinion into what they would do next and ask supportive questions of, have you seen this before? You know, make them do some connections to notice patterns and things like that. That's oh, so, so good. Yeah. Well, and Jesus was. I mean, the best example of doing this, right? Like I did this deep dive study into all the questions he asked and it was one powerful question after another. And that was one of the questions he asked is, Hey, what do you think? Like, mm -hmm. right. Like the disciples came to him and said, Hey, do we have to pay these taxes? And he was like, well, what do you think guys? And he had them talk it through and process it through. Right. And so he is an excellent example for us for looking, I would encourage every leader to do that deep dive study as well, to look at all the questions Jesus asked and look how powerful they were to bring out that insight in the others. So good. And think about the relationships Jesus had to have with his disciples, because if I am standing like at the foot of Christ, right? The son of God, I would be so intimidated. I don't want to get the wrong answer. Oh yes. my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't want to disappoint him, but he built such an environment in his leadership. It's like, I see you, I see all of you. Yes. And, and, and it's so safe 
to be able to share and to think out loud and to do that, 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 um, dirty brainstorming where, yeah, you're, you may throw out some bad ideas, but there's no judgment or shame on those, you know, to get it right the first time. So such a good example. Thank you for sharing that. Um, so you were talking about habits and you said asking questions, are there any more habits that we really need to know? Yeah. The powerful questions one is definitely asking powerful questions is such a habit that we have to cultivate and develop and work on in order for it to become natural for the new to become the norm. Right. But another habit we have to develop as a coaching leader is giving consistent feedback. I mean, think about it. You talked about sports coaches, right? You would never see the coach of your favorite football team wait until three weeks later after the game to say, Hey, you know, the third play of the second quarter, when you miss the tackle, here's what I think happened. You'd never see that happen. Like, so true. <laughs> it doesn't even make sense. Right. And yet we do that in leadership all the time. Oh, well, I don't really have time to talk to them about that today, but on their performance review, I'll yes. bring it up. And it's mid year like, and annual reviews is when we let it all out. And it's are, too late to fix it's it. It's too late. It's like, are you <laughs> kidding me right now? What kind of coaching is that? That's not coaching. That's like way later criticism that is not beneficial or helpful for growth. Because again, a coaching leader is all about bringing out the best in those we lead. And so that means we have to give consistent real-time feedback. And feedback is not just correction. It's also praise. Hey, this what this specific thing was amazing. The, the way you handled that difficult conversation with that very, very angry client. Wow. You so what I hear you saying is saying good job is not good enough. <laughs> it's that is the, the worst. It I is. Mean, it's better than not saying anything at all, but gosh, it's a close second. I mean, oh. we got to be specific because what we celebrate gets replicated, right? Like we know mm-hmm. that we know that is true. And so when we are specific, about what went right and specific about, Hey, this is, this could be improved. This could be corrected. Mm -hmm. Then we will see dramatic results because again, we're saying, Hey, you matter so much. And I see this potential in you. And so I want you to keep doing this. Oh my word, keep doing this. And if you'll just make this tiny tweak, look out, look out what's going to happen with you and your leadership. So giving that consistent feedback before the game, during the game, during halftime, during the timeout, after the game, when we're watching film, all the way through our leadership will have this dramatic impact on those that we lead and it will bring out the best in them. Absolutely. And, and just a side note, um, you know, in looking at this, you've got to have that relationship too. If especially new people on your team, chances are they probably not had a leader. They've had a manager, right. Who's done the whole like annual or semi-annual review. And that's when they get it. And so let people know that that's the team and the culture that you're building is, Hey, we give feedback. That's how we get better. And so they know it's coming. So they're not blindsided by what, you know, because they may tell themselves a story in the beginning. No, no, you know, I didn't say the wrong. No, this is, this is how we get better. And you give me feedback. This is what we do. Yeah. I give you feedback. You give me feedback. It's a constant, consistent coaching culture. It's a developmental culture. Like we want you to win. We want you to succeed. Mm -hmm. We want you to step into your potential and we're going to help you get there. 
Absolutely. And we've got to kill the culture of just competition. Everybody's got to be out for themselves because that will not breed this kind of culture of feedback. No, no, not at all. Yeah. All right. So you said ask powerful questions and then we're going to give very specific feedback. We're not going to say good job. We're going to say, I like the way you handled that conversation and whatever, be very specific. Are there any more habits that we need to know about? You know, I feel like those are the two biggest and most important. We will be consistent with those. I do have though, a couple more of my favorite coaching questions I can share if that's okay. Um, When we're asking those powerful questions, Again, I, I picked these up from Jesus and kind of made them my own, but one other resource in addition to the gospels that I will recommend and highly, highly recommend is Michael Bungay-Sanier's book, uh, The Coaching Habit. Mm. Phenomenal. He talks about asking questions, super simple, practical. So that's another resource, but another great, powerful question to ask that Jesus asked is what do you want (laughs) now? Here's, here's why I say this is important is because when someone comes in with all this stuff, we um, immediately jump to, well, let me just fix that for you. Or let me decide that for you. Or let me do this. Right. Mm -hmm. But when we ask them what, Hey, well, what do you think? And then we ask, Hey, so what do you want? It helps them get real clear on, Hey, this is the outcome. This is Mm -hmm. the goal. This is really what I'm hoping for will happen in this situation and this decision with this product launch. And so asking that, Hey, so what do you want really helps us. And then another question is, Hey, so what are you afraid of? And that takes relationship. Like you were talking earlier, but Jesus asked that question all the time. He was like, why are you so afraid? (laughs) Right. And I love to ask, what are you afraid of? Because oftentimes that will show us Hey, here's Mm -hmm. that thing. That's really getting in the way. Here's the reason why they've been circling around this and avoiding it for, you know, Mm -hmm. five months now, right. It asking that question. And it also builds that relation, relational credibility or builds that relational collateral between us as team members. When we allow them a safe space to be vulnerable, what, what they're actually afraid of with this decision, this problem, this, whatever. And then we go, yeah, I get that. Yeah. Okay. So how can we work around that? What would be another Absolutely. way? Right. So yeah, those I are just, just a few that so ones. much. And I think, you know, nobody wants to show up at their job and, and suck. You know, that's no, not their goal. Everybody wants to be successful. <laughs> they do. And so, you know, you're, you're allowing them to say, I know that I have work to do. How can I step into that? And I love that. So asking those powerful questions, what are you afraid of? And so many of us are afraid of failure. You know, we're afraid of disappointing. Um, We're afraid of being less than perfect. And that is really hard. (laughs) If you are trying to be perfect all the time, that's really, you can't sustain it because you can't achieve it. And I think that's tying into a lot of our burnout is going above and beyond when, hey, that fear is driving what you're doing. If you just back it up, what do I really want? And as Craig Groeschel would say, and get Mo good enough to move on. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Man. Absolutely. Yeah. I think you're hundred percent right. We, so many of us, our core fear in there is we're afraid of failure because what has been modeled for us is failure is not acceptable. Mm-hmm. Making a mistake, failing. Now you're labeled as a failure instead of you experienced a failure. That thing didn't work. Okay. You tried it and it didn't work. And so if we can create environments and cultures where 
of course it's okay to try and fail. <laughs> of course, you're not going to do everything perfectly every single time. Like, of course. So mm-hmm. we pick up, we move on, like to where we can take some of that fear of failure out of it by modeling. You don't get your head chopped off whenever something doesn't work, right? I love that. Yes. It takes some of that fear out. And then what do you know? It unlocks things for people mm-hmm. because now we're safe to try and to go for it and to turn it in, you know, at 85%, you know, right? Like it yeah. just takes some of that fear away. Absolutely. And I want to bring up a good point that you said, you talked about modeling, um, doing lots of modeling of even saying, Hey, I've made a mistake. Let me own that. And let's move forward. Right. So there's one of modeling, being vulnerable, sharing your mistakes, thinking out loud through your processes. But I heard you earlier talk about the fact that you, first of all, you're a leadership coach and you lead other coaches, but I heard you say you have a coach. So talk to me about the importance of leaders having their own coach as they coach those that they lead or work with. Yeah. I, I always say that I think every single leader needs two people in their back pocket, two people on their favorites list on their phone. And that is a good counselor and a good coach. (laughs) All of us need those two professionals (laughs) in our lives. Right. And it's obvious why we need the counselor, right. To help us with the hurts and habits and hangups and all of the things that we, from our past, as well as that we have picked up along the way. So highly recommend that. But then also we all need a coach. We need someone in our corner who is cheering for us, who is challenging us, who is asking us those powerful questions to help us reflect on our leadership, to take a step back and also to lift our heads a little bit and go, whoa, hold on, (laughs) right? To look at things from a different perspective, again, turning that problem around. So I I think we all need those two professionals in our lives. And uh, gosh, I mean, my, my life and my leadership have been changed by those two leaders in my life by my counselor and by my coach, they have changed the trajectory of my life and leadership. Can't Mm -hmm. speak highly enough of them. You know, and think about it, everybody listening, you know, who is your coach? Are you intentional? You know, you never want to be the smartest person in the room because I mean, you're not growing. And as Don Maxwell says, you know, now that you're the lid, congratulations. So be intentional in finding a mentor, a coach that's a, a you know ahead of you in the game or a different s- skill set in leadership. There's so many different skill sets that you need, and so maybe you struggle stepping into conflict. Go find you a coach that can help you in stepping yes. into conflict or whatever it is. Maybe you know some people are great with people, but they struggle with like task management of hitting those deadlines. And the reality is, as a leader, you were hired to execute something, so we got to yes. hit those marks. So everybody needs a coach. I'm so glad that you pointed that out. It's so needed. Um, in thinking about everything that we've talked about, let's say I'm new to leadership. So you've given us one resource and guys, I'll have a link in the show notes to that book, but how do I even start this whole process of changing my mindset? Because so much leadership or management, I should say, that's modeled for us is controlling or micromanagement. Yes. How do I begin to make that mind shift? to say, wait, I'm going to do it a little bit differently. You know, how do we step into that? Yeah. Again, I loved your comparison to sports coaches because it's so tangible. And most of us have seen that whether we played sports or we've watched it on TV or our kids played, whatever, 
like it's easy for us to see and especially those great, you know, examples. Right. And so I think sometimes it's a matter of no joke, just mentally pretending you're putting on that, that coach's hat and you're saying, okay, I'm going to take that approach today Mm -hmm. and I'm going to choose to be curious about what's going on with this person, what's going on with this situation. And I am going to choose to look at them and their potential and say, how can I help them get there? Right? Because a management approach is such a short-term strategy. It's so Mm -hmm. short-term, right? It gets the project done. Sure. It, you know, might be successful for a little while, but my goodness, taking a coach approach to your leadership is like this long-term legacy strategy to your leadership. I mean, you, you heard me earlier. I was talking about my high school basketball coach. Yes. And what a legacy. Lots of years ago, right? (laughs) And the impact her leadership and her approach to, you know, what um, the impact it had on me and how it changed my perspective and how it helped me level up as a teenager. And now I'm still taking that approach today. Right. And so it's choosing, Hey, I want to have that kind of impact on the team that I lead. We are not just delivering a product. We Mm. are not just turning in this project. We're not just launching this thing. We are investing in and helping bring out the best and the ones we lead for their good and for God's glory, right? That's what we're doing. Absolutely. The two things that, you know, everything that you just said made me think of is one, how often guys are we praying before we step into any interactions oh, yeah. with our team and asking the Holy spirit for guidance to notice, I can really put my head down and crank out some tasks, yes. but if I don't have my head up <laughs> to notice, notice what's not being spoken. Notice the body language, you know, so much is said through nonverbal cues, especially about what they're really feeling. Um, you know, so pray before you step into that. And two, again, you're not going to be perfect. So you're going to make a mistake. You're going to bulldoze a couple of things, but after that, when you notice it and guys, you know, after we do something, we always think about it and analyze it and it's in our heads, own it the next time, you know, Hey, I really pushed here whenever I should have, you know, been a little softer and asking, you know, your opinions or where we should go. I I'm sorry for that. And, and next time I try to bulldoze a project. Somebody asked me, Hey, let's slow it down and think through this a little bit more. It's okay. So there's so much proactive that you could do just through the power of prayer, but then response whenever, you know, you don't do things right. And you're not going to, by the way, you're not perfect to step into that and own it and model what good leadership looks like by saying, I made a mistake and I'm going to own it. And let's go from there. Yeah. So, I love that, Bethany. Such yeah. a great reminder that we have the Holy spirit in us to give us supernatural insight, discernment, conviction, you know, all of those things. And if we aren't tapping into that source before every conversation, before we step into lead, gosh, what we're missing out on and what our teams are missing out on. So I love that you shared that. And how stressed we are because we think we have to do it all by ourselves. Right. Right. (laughs) Like you're not alone in this. It's okay. Number one, you have the power of the Holy spirit, but number two, you have a team. It's not on you. Yeah. Um, So in thinking about coaching, right. I love this. Taking a coaching approach with leadership. Can you give us some key takeaways out of everything that you've shared? What are key takeaways on how we turn it around? How do we become that coach instead of that bulldozer in leadership? 
Yeah, just a few reminders would be to switch that perspective. As a coaching leader, it's not about me. Mm. It's about the team. It's not about me. It's about the team. It's not about me. It's about the team. And my job as a coaching leader is to bring out the best in those I lead. And the two, just again, those two quick habits that take a while for us to work on and for them to become just natural and natural overflow for us are giving that consistent feedback, both the correction and the praise, specific, consistent feedback before the game, during the game, at halftime, after the game, all the things. And then again, asking those powerful questions that will help those we coach have fresh perspective on the situation. Oh, so good. So good. Powerful questions, specific feedback and be intentional, you know, putting my ca- coach hat on today, yes. you know, even if you need to visual it, you know, yes, but if you get yes. a whistle, okay, guys, and walk around with a whistle, you may have taken it too far. You know? <laughs> too far. <laughs> That's right. Um, so what is one poor decision that you would warn our leaders to avoid? Oh, well, it's one I've made. So I'm very familiar with it, Bethany. And that is, I warn you to avoid assuming that you need to give all your brilliant advice. Bethany, I've I've been around the block a few times in leadership. And let me tell you, uh, while I might have experienced some things, I have not experienced exactly what that person on my team is bringing to the table today. Mm-hmm. And I need to assume that they have just what you said earlier, that they've got a much closer intimate idea of what's going on in that problem and that they probably know how to solve it. Mm-hmm. If I will help coach them to discover that solution, that next step, instead of just assuming that I should just give them some of my brilliant advice from my experiences 10 years ago, Mm -hmm. right? And so I would caution all of us before we just jump in with all of our brilliant advice to pause and say, nope, I'm putting that coach hat back on. Yeah, I am going here to serve them, to bring out the best in them. It's Mm -hmm. not about me. It's about the team. So you're really speaking to me because at the beginning I said, you know, in playing sports or whatever task you're doing, the older I get, the better I was. (laughs) So (laughs) the longer you're in leadership and the more you're removed from the thing that you did as an individual contributor, you know, you're thinking like, oh man, I was excellent. And so you do, you just want to say, oh, here's how you fix that problem. Here's what I did when I was. So guys avoid that. (laughs) You got to die to that me monster. It's not about you. Oh man, uh, Julie, you're wonderful. And I'm so glad that, you know, you are coaching leaders. I know you're coaching me through all of the things that you've put out. So where can our listeners go to learn more about you and your work? Oh, you're so kind, Bethany. You know, the best thing that your leaders could do would be to connect with me for a free 30 minute call for the first 15 minutes. We will dive in how to apply what we just talked about, how to apply being a coaching leader in their one-on-one meetings. which is one of the most powerful places to practice this. And then for that last 15 minutes, we'll talk about how they can take this coach approach into all of their leadership. So that would be my strong recommendations. I would love to have them just schedule a free 30 minute call with me so that we can talk about how to apply this into their leadership. And then like you mentioned, they can find me on Instagram at Julie Pierce Leadership and over on LinkedIn. I'm doing a lot of fun stuff on LinkedIn as well. 
Awesome. Thank you so much. And guys, remember you need a coach. You're trying to coach other people, but someone's got to be coaching you, right? That's how we get better. So Julie, thank you so much. And guys, until next time, continue putting in the work of building your life and leadership on the rocks, the essential rocks. God bless. Remember, the most essential rock you can build your life and leadership on is the rock of Jesus Christ. Today's Bible verse comes from Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 3. And I sent messengers to them saying, I am doing a great work and I cannot come down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and come down to you?